Very good. Good evening, everyone. We are here at Wolfie's Talks. And yeah, well, let me see. We have one minute to go. And you know, when, as I know, uh, Ralph, uh, you are a seasoned triad lead. So the last minute before the race, what did you do the last minute before the race when you're like kind of in the water before the water? You're rather calm, rather nervous when you go on the start line or how was your last minute before the race? Always nervous. I think if you're not nervous, you're not well prepared. You need to be nervous. You check your goggles and you think, do I, did I train enough or do I have to do something more? Now it's too late. Check where are my, my competitors and then the gun goes off. And mostly the last minute goes like five seconds, bam. Very cool. So the last minute before Wolfie socks, you're nervous, but you're you're well prepared. Yeah, you did everything. I'm, I'm right. really nervous. <laughs> it's actually my first video cast I'm doing. Very good. No, no, really good. Um, okay. Uh, thank you everyone for joining, and I'm really, really excited to have uh, Ralph Egert from DT Swiss. He's a German countryman, and and he's a very seasoned triathlete, and he did the. Uh, Hawaii three times. He did. Um, he had two times a bronze medal in the Olympic distance in Wellington, in Cancun, Mexico, which I think is an amazing achievement. Uh, his fastest time in Ironman in road was eight hours and 28 minutes, which is, I think, absolutely unbelievable. He was racing the, another German, Thomas Hellriegel, in his time. And uh, so when he speaks about aerodynamic and about performance on the bike, he absolutely knows what he's talking about. So I'm really excited to have you on the show. So thank you very much for joining us, Ralph. Thank you, Morphy, for having us here on the show Thank today. You. I'm really excited. Obviously, we are, we are related with DT Swiss over many, many years. And, and when we speak to our customers in the shop, it's always about uh, Swiss products. We love Swiss products. We're working with Scott very closely. But then people speak about Switzerland. They speak about the chocolate, which we all love, obviously. Uh, we love the watches. We love the cheese from Switzerland. And we love, obviously, the wheels from DT Swiss. And I have to tell you a good story from this morning. I had a customer, a local customer came to the store and he bought a bike and he had only one request for his bike. He said, I want a nice bike, but I want a special, a special wheel. And I want that wheel with that very, very special sound. And maybe if you can quickly play us the sound. I, I cannot imagine what it is. It <laughs> might be like, might be like this. Oh, that's the sound. I love the wretched sound. Huh? Yes. He said he loves his AMG, he loves his cars, he likes them loud, he likes them special. And he said, listen, I want that sound on my wheel. And we obviously gave him a nice uh, DT Swiss wheel and he's super happy. Um, yeah, thank you very much for all these fantastic wheels. We have a little intro video and Will, our graphic designer, which always makes us look so good and prepares everything so nice. He will play the video um, and we will get a bit of an idea what is DT Swiss all about. So please, Will. Very cool. Very did nice. Do you get did, did you get goosebumps? Yeah, yeah, I know it's really cool. You know, but I'm amazed that there's so many different disciplines you have to cater for. And obviously everybody has a, a spoked wheel on the bike, but we don't really appreciate really how much work and how much handwork goes into these products. And I was in the factory and I saw people doing and truing and everything. And um, I think the, the passion for engineering performance and the passion you you guys show 
to really develop and push the, the wheels further, push the wheel further uh, every year is, is really amazing. And I'm, I'm really a big fan of, of your products. Um, we have a few more pictures from the factory and, and um, as well where how spokes are made, but you can tell us a bit more about the history of DT Swiss and how spokes are made and uh, what it's all about. Well, actually, the the company itself was founded only in uh, nine, 1996. So um, uh, 1996. So only a couple of years ago. So we had uh, 20 25 anniversary last year, and uh, so this is this is only quite a, quite a new company in terms of long term company. If, if if you compare it to other industries, but in terms of uh, of the bike industry, we are almost a dinosaur with 25 or almost now 26 years yeah. in uh, in the company. And uh, it's it is come came from a management buyout uh, from from uh, the Drahtwerke here in Biel, and uh, this is where where the um, where the heartbeats is. So the, the the spokes are actually the the first heartbeat of the DT Swiss. Very good. So it just starts with the wire. You know, when I've seen this machine, and then the machine is a wire, and then it cuts the spoke, mm -hmm. and then you bend, and this this is real machinery, real hard work, and and. Uh, it, it's quite interesting. How many? Do you have a number? How many spokes you you produce per year? Oh, we produce quite 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 a number. So we produce quite a number of million years. We we produce here in uh, in Switzerland. We we yes. produce a, quite a quite an amount of spokes a year. So all in all, it's a, we talk about forty one thousand kilometers of steel wire. We we uh, we we use for spokes. And yeah. the first picture with the green machine was actually the forging machine where you have uh, oscillating hammers and they they um, they hammer the um, the spoke material, the steel wire to a thinner material. When you say okay. a thinner material is not as as uh, strong as maybe the thick material, you're wrong because we compress it, we condense the material and make it this even one stronger. This one, is, this one is the machine, exactly. Very good. Okay, so this is the first machine you said, this is pulling that's pulling the wire. No, that's actually the next step. It's a forging machine. So okay. here, it's a, the the wire is pulled into the machine. Here we okay. see we see a normal normal machine, a normal um, spoke machine where spokes either are um, threaded, only threaded, or already cut it, and also they get get the final the final edge, and either in straight pole or in and T head or in a straight no, uh, J band. Mm -hmm. So obviously the spoke head is quite important. So you have normally a spoke head which has kind of a bend. That's why it's like a J band spoke. But uh, now you you have developed in the past years as well straight head, where like a hammer head, which is now used on most of the of the modern wheels, which makes the spoke a little bit stronger um, overall, isn't it? Yeah, you don't have the bending, so you can yes. you can align the the um, spokes better. You can make uh, make more aerodynamic wheels, yes. and we even. Um, Get get got a new step in uh, in introducing the T head spokes, which is yes. a, a flat hammered um, straight pole spoke. So you have yes. the same same head almost uh, the, as the uh, straight pole, but you have uh, alignment. The hammer the T head spoke is uh, is hammered flat. So when you put it into the hub shell, yes. it's already aligned aerodynamically optimal. Ah, so you perfect. get it you get ah, it in the, in the uh, you get it in the die cut in the die cut yes. wheels. You have this. Yes. Ah, fantastic! Because obviously it's a problem when you when you twist the spoke. That obviously the whole the whole uh, spoke twists. And if this is oh, that's a clever idea. Very good. So when you're chewing the chewing a straight pull uh, spoke, yes. it can it can bend. It can bend. So you have to you have to yes. fix it and then yes. chew the spoke. And with the T head, you don't have to to hold the spoke. Put an extra pressure on the spoke. So it's ah. perfect aligned for aerodynamics. So you there's no compromise on aerodynamics. Oh, fantastic. I love the picture what we just saw with all the ladies working and, and truing these wheels and, and make them absolutely perfect. And obviously, we, we know the tools from DT Swiss where you have these 
uh, exact measurements, what the spoke tension will be. And what I always thought interesting was that obviously we have straight spokes, which have 2.0 all the way long. And then you have 2.0 at the beginning, at the end, and you have in the middle, you have a 1.8. Why, why would this be a good thing if a spoke is thinner? Is it not stronger if a spoke is 2.0 all the way through? Oh, as I, as I mentioned, we, we are treating the, the spokes differently. So we have a different machine that exactly um, 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 puts down pressure. It's, it's called our cold forging process, where yes. we have a thinner spoke in the middle and the, yes. the, the material is compressed, is condensed, and it's made even stronger. Yes. I always say it's like, like a little bit like a Japanese word. It's, you know, little, more layers, it's more, more thinner, but it's still very, very strong. So yes. I say this is really a, a strong spoke. And then we even get it done again. So when we're talking about bladed spokes, about aerodynamic spokes, then we do another forging process, with, which is called the, the blading process, where we put about 250 tons of weight on each spoke. So from the, from the wire, the steel wire itself, it's, you know, it's basically a steel wire that comes in. Then you yes. have the forging process. It takes sometimes up to 30 seconds, one spoke, only one spoke. Yes. Then you have the blading process additionally, and each spoke that comes out of the blading machine is individually QC'd, quality mm -hmm. controlled. Yes. So it's a really, wow. really uh, high high end spokes that that uh, that go out from from us here. Yes, fantastic. No, no. And it's and the only, and uh, it's the only. Actually, we are the, the only um, office of the DT group where these spokes, these bladed spokes, and also the forged ones mm -hmm. are produced. Okay, very good. No, no. And you can tell, you know, when, when you get one of these wheels and you take them out of the box and you, you really feel, you feel the quality, you feel really the, the engineered performance of DT Swiss, you can, you can see. And the bladed spoke obviously is interesting for the strength you mentioned, but as well aerodynamically, it's quite a difference around spoke, obviously a cylinder shape in the wind going at the high speed into the wind. is obviously a bit of an issue. Um, so what, what's, what's the benefit here when you have a bladed spoke compared to a round spoke when somebody wants to buy a wheel? Um, you, as you mentioned, it's already about the aerodynamics. So when, when you have a bladed spoke, the aerodynamics is, uh, is crucial in this direction. So we, we also look next to the translational drag, which is basically the, the, um, the surface, um, the, 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 the body or the, the, the bike or the wheel produces. We also look at rotational drag. So of the rotation of the wheel and the single spoke that, that, that creates a rotational drag. So when you have a round, round spoke, you obviously have a higher drag, a higher rotational drag which they has to overcome by the rider so when we came out with the uh, first arc wheels for example like three four years ago three years ago yes. then we were talking about the aero light and the aero comp spokes which were um which were um implemented in the wheels and now yes. we reinvented the spokes so we even made them thinner to to uh, to um reduce the rotational drag again and mm -hmm. the longer the spoke the more I profit from the rotational drag. So when okay. I'm, I'm, I'm a road racer, road rider, and I love maybe 50 millimeters uh, deep rim, I have quite longer spokes uh, compared to an 80 millimeter rim, which is okay. actually the most aerodynamic uh, wheel. But when okay. talking about the speed and rotational drag of the yes. wheel, then we can save from the old aero light spoke to the new yes. aero light two spoke, 1.1 yes. watt. Okay. Not, we are wow. not talking about marginal gain, so this this is significant. That's yes, that's serious savings. Yeah, very yeah. good, fantastic. Yeah, 
Uh, obviously, everybody who has a DT Swiss wheel and some of the higher ones, uh, you have the ratchet. And I think this is really one of the, the coolest things. Not only that it sounds so good, I think as well the technology. And we have some, uh, some pictures to explain the technology of the ratchet system, which is different to a paw system. But we will speak again. Will, thank you very much. Maybe you pause here, Will, um, and we can have a look at that ratchet. And we can, we can see, obviously, the, the red line, the second red line with the, with the edges on it. This is where the, the engagement happens. So, but Ralph, you can maybe explain a bit more. What are we exactly. looking at now? Exactly. This is where, where we see the engagement happen. So uh, we here see a new Ratchet EXP hub where um, one Ratchet um, is already um, fused, fused with the with the hub shell, so it's uh, threaded with the hub shell. But here you see the the red dot, the red Z line. It's where the engagement happens. So when we have uh, 36 uh, T's ratchets, for example, then we have it looks like this. Yes. Then we have a, a full engagement of 36 uh, places. Yes. 36 T's are fully engaged compared to a pole system where we have three poles. Yes. So the engagement angle is uh, in the three-pole system about 2.5 at eight um, uh, degrees, and uh, between an uh, 18 T's or 54 T's um, ratchet, we are talking between 20 and uh, down to 6.6 .6, uh, degrees uh, engagement angle. But here mm -hmm. you have a really precise engagement, and it gives you a reliable um, front front push when you yeah. when when the crank is pushed push, uh, pushed forward. Maybe that's interesting for people to understand. Obviously, when you pedal backwards or you, you, you pedal, your crank goes backwards until there's another engagement point. This is the angles we're speaking about. And it's quite interesting. When you when you come next time to the shop, we will show you. Uh, it's interesting on a DT Swiss app how much faster. And, and I think the, the biggest selling item in DT Swiss is you have a, a, a even closer ratio of adjustment. I think it's 52 teeth. 52 is, a, is a, um, the, the highest number we have. Yes. And uh, we are just below seven degree of engagement. Yes. Uh, engagement angle, which is which is really good. So when you're when you're a rider and you do a crits and you go out of the turn and you want to, to accelerate fast, go to 54. If you're a more more a long distance guy constantly pedaling, it's it's about 36. 36 is a very good compromise and uh, it's perfect just for road cycling, honestly. Very good. Maybe we can see a little bit more when we see the engagement when we when we have the idle position. Now now we see it here a little bit. So when when there when there's uh, when you stop pedaling, then you have an idle position, and then the ratchets they spin against each other and they are not engaged anymore. And this is where the sound comes from. So when you have 36 um, T's on one side, 36 on the other side, that's the sound. Yeah, very good. We can see the spoke. We can see the spoke head on the left side, where you can see this hammer hammerhead spoke, which is quite interesting. And on the right side, next to the red ring, we can see obviously a bearing sitting onto the uh, onto the hub. Um, I think it's quite interesting. And obviously, we see top and bottom. We see the seals uh, to make sure that obviously the sand and dirt doesn't come in. So, yeah, I mean, having this piece in your hand, and and we see later maybe once we, we have you on screen again, we see the the cut sample. This is really an amazing piece of engineering, and I really love it to see it and see the technology. And I think you have, with the new hub, you have reduced quite the number of, of parts in the hub, which I thought was quite amazing, how you changed the design and how you completely reworked the design of the hub to make it even easier to service, easier to dismantle. I had the pleasure to see one of the first ones to dismantle it and see it. It was really amazing. Yeah. So maybe you can show us the cut sample you have. So this is the cut sample. See it here. Yes, wow. 
This is really cool. So you yeah. see the um, the bearing on the one yeah. side and the other yeah. side. So when 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 putting the the bearing in into the um, screwed ratchet, we uh, we could reach more distance between two bearings, made it more stiffer when you yes. when you when you ride. And this was was the idea, one idea. The other idea was, as you mentioned before, uh, reduction of parts of parts used in the yes. hub. And this is, uh, I think, we have one picture where we where we can see how many parts we have less. In okay. this in this new hub. Okay, very nice. It's yeah. Really, really easy to uh, to this uh, this uh, disassemble, and also the conversion is uh, very is still very uh, very big theme. So when we are talking about Shimano, or we are talking about the, the SRAM XDR, yeah. and um, also we we introduced the um, the new Kampa. Okay. N3V N3W. Yes. Great. And so we have always a compatibility on, on all our hubs. We try to, to match as many as many possible and as many brands we there on so the market. It's nice if you buy a set of wheels, so you're kind of future proof. Um, if, you, if you buy it today, maybe something with, with 11 speed or you have maybe a, a previous 11 speed wheel and now you want to go to 12 speed, you can change it on most of the wheels. You just change the free wheel body and have to change some of the parts. But I think the, the compatibility is, is quite high. Uh, the only thing you have to make a call is maybe disc or, or rim brake. Yeah, but I think as well, rim brake is something quite, you're, you're quite keen as well to, you sell quite a lot of rim brake wheels for the Swiss mountains. And you have this very, very special brake surface uh, on some of your aluminum wheels as well. So um, can you tell us a bit about this? So aluminum is actually uh, still very, very, um, very present in the market. So we have a lot of aluminum uh, rims, and uh, also we serve, as you said, rim rim brake markets still in the um, out there. Even though the um, the disc brake is coming now stronger, especially in the road cycling market. But what we what we did a couple of years ago was a new surface called oxic oxic surface. And this uh, surface is extremely well. It's extremely hard, and you can't break it off. So it's not colored. It's just an, uh, an electronic pro process where the surface gets um, fluid and then rehardened. And you only can break with certain pads. But people mm -hmm. love to have these uh, these kind of rim brake um, wheels, especially in the braking when it's going to be wet. I mean, in, in dry conditions, everybody can brake. As soon yeah. as the conditions change, well, some some get get a problem or even the um, the uh, the brake pads reuse very very fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but okay. I think good braking is obviously important. And if it's not, if you have a bike with rim brakes, then you want to have a set of wheels with oxic brake surface to make sure uh, you get to a standstill uh, as quick as well. And there's another wheel which I love, and I love the story. The Moncha Saral. Where's the name Moncha Saral coming from? Uh, I can't see it right now, but it's very close. The Mont Chasseral, the Chasseral is a, a mountain really close here from the from from our um, factory. It's yeah. about uh, 30 kilometers uh, one way when you take a route out there, and the uh, the look around from there is really really nice. It's 1,600 meters of altitude, and it's actually we we call it our our Chasseral Mont Chasseral, which is a French word Mont Chasseral, and uh, this is. Um, where we always see the benchmark of our of our engineering of our production. So this, okay. where we see these Monchasral wheels, they are always the the top notch wheels. We always try to to exceed boundaries. We always want to go further, further, further. So um, this year or last year, with a 25 years a wheel set, we introduced a really really light rim together with a with a new ratchet. EXP hub on 180 bases, and we made really light spokes into it. So, so this year we achieved 1266 grams, 1266 grams for wheel set for disc brake in yes. a carbon, in a carbon wheel set. 
So yes, this is really nice. amazing. I mean, coming from aluminum, surely in 2004, we introduced the, four, the first um, Monchasral wheel set quite a yeah. few years ago. But now we are here with a full carbon clincher for tubeless ready, disc brake, everything. Really, ni really nice and really nice to accelerate and really nice to climb the Monchasral. Very good. And where's the fastest time up Monchasaral? Is there? I'm sure there's a DT Swiss internal uh, competition going on. Yes, you can find it on Strava. I still find it. On <laughs> Check it out. Okay. From the from the from the backside. So and Savanier is the start. It's about seven kilometers, and we do a Monchasaral race each year. And okay. this year, because of the special situation, we made it uh, virtually. But so we have this uh, the Chasseral um, DT um, race. We have it. In the, in the Strava segment, so we always compare the best time. And surely you're right, it's uh, Jan Oelerich who uh, holds the best time on the Monchester. Wow. Time. Okay, yeah, I know. I think I, I'm not sure, but about 20 minutes, which is really wow. fast. Yes. Very cool. Very cool. Um, I want to show a little bit about the, the wheels and wheel shapes. Obviously, you have worked a lot uh, coming from, from aluminium and then now going into carbon. It's, it's easier to create different shapes. And I think you have a very strong partner with Swissite from an aerodynamic side, but we have a few, a few pictures of wheels and maybe Will, if you don't mind to start these pictures for us so we can get a bit of a glimpse of, okay, that's obviously wind tunnel testing, mm -hmm. um, which is obviously today a quite important part, but maybe you can tell us a bit more about the wheels we see. Ralph. So these are the new ARC wheels, the new aero wheels we just launched in August. So they are for for um, MY model year 21. For they are available now and sold in the, within the next years. Actually, these these wheels were the first wheels where we only used the the disc brake technology. So these were made for on disc brake technology only. The last um, ARC Aero wheels they were um, a mixture of of um, rim brake and disc brake technology. But within the last five year years, the the bike industry has a lot of a lot changed. Even yes. though people say, oh. It's another thing of the bike industry to sell more bikes. Actually, it gives us more freedom. It gives us more security, more safety on the road. And we have more, more, uh, more freedom also in creating new, new products, making them better, making them more aerodynamic, making them more, more handle, hand, uh, controllable. This is one thing we were, we were focusing on these wheels, controllability and uh, keeping the aerodynamics at the same time. Mm -hmm. It was always interesting when you obviously look at an old wheel with a rim brake, and you think you you're breaking on the surface, which at the same time holds the tire. Uh, it's quite a quite a risky idea because you never know. When when I when I was in Germany, still uh, we did a lot of mountain biking, and obviously brake surfaces were were uh, reduced because of the the brake pad rubbing on the on the aluminium surface of the rim, and we had a lot of issues that obviously brakes failed or the, or the rims failed. Uh, but now, as you said, with rim brakes and going to disc brakes that this uh, creates quite a high level of safety because you're braking on a disc rotor and you can build a different wheels and, and change it. And I think you just told me that you have a wheel set as well for, for bigger people, people getting overall a bit heavier weight. I think now the new weight limit is 130 on some of, uh, on a very, very specific set mm -hmm. where you have a system weight, which has allowed this up to 130 kilo of a rider bike uh, combination, correct? It's, it's not unusual to have this kind of, uh, of weight. So I mean, 130 kilo. If somebody's doing bike packing, we are going even with a carbon wheel set and carbon uh, gravel wheels um, to 140 kilos on the hybrid side. Yes. So they are they we keep the aerodynamics, but make them make them more sturdy and the places where the, where the driver needs it. But coming back to your to your first points, maybe just just putting uh, pointing on the um, 
on the rim brake systems, as you mentioned, the, the mountain bikers, they liberated them quite earlier, coming back from the V brake calipers down to the to the disc brake. And everyone said, oh, no, I don't want disc brake. I don't believe in the system. But what's happening? Everybody's riding with, with disc brake. And so yeah. the same is principally happening right now. And uh, imagine what, what, when was the last time like public transportation used um, braking on rims. Can you mm. can you imagine when was it about? Mm, yeah, must be like the horse carriages in the yeah, 19th yeah. centuries. So yeah. I mean, uh, you're braking on, on on parts that are that are that are for stability that hold your weight that you have to rely on. And yeah. uh, so I think it was really time for a change to make make riding also safetyer, more safetyer. Yes, absolutely. And so so when you when we look when we look at the at the rim shapes you just introduced yeah. with the pictures you see the different rim shapes so we have a um, earlier we had a more U U shaped which was really aerodynamic but we also looked at the yeah it's uh, on the on the right hand side on the left hand side you see the yeah. uh, uh, an older shape from the 90s 90s yes. 2000s and then we we um, we 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 change with suicide you mentioned suicide also this was a, the, on the right hand side you see the profile which is the um, old arc wheel set yeah. uh, where you have also the braking um, the braking surface the rim braking surface which was available for rim brake and disc brake so we took the same profile for both rim brake and disc brake and so yes. what, what what we then happened what then happened we were really fast we we um we achieved three wins on Hawaii with Daniela twice and with Anna Hauk once yes. in 2019 and they are they went with our wheels I, I wouldn't say that it's because of our wheels but these girls are obviously really really fast and you had Anna on your show as well yes. um, but this is this was one one major step to a, to a, an aero brand and the yes. next step where was what's happening in the market. I mean, we have professionals, they are really stable. They ride 40 kilometers an hour, they're like 45 kilometers an hour. But what's happening to the people on Hawaii, on other races, even training that to ride 30, 35 kilometers an hour or go downhill maybe with 60, 65 yeah. kilometers an hour. And then suddenly crosswind changes, crosswind coming in, coming into the wheel, and then you start shaking. And this is where people tended to say, carbon wheel oh no not for me because it's difficult to handle so this is where we looked with suicide also with our engineers what can we change how can we change without sacrificing our aerodynamics so the idea was to reduce the um the the, the, the moment the force on the side of the of the handlebar yes it's called okay. steering moment actually yes we have a we have another picture where we're looking at a few graphs and maybe you can explain us and talk us through the graphs um, yeah, and he said, okay, this is maybe the concern we get from a lot of customers. Thank you, Will. Uh, we get a lot of concerns from customers. Obviously, sitting now, we get a high profile wheel. Maybe I can feel it in the wind. But I have to say as well that your wheels are really, really stable in the wind. And you can really feel that the engineering really pays off. And you, you just have that feeling you have more control over the bike. And we have some strong winds here in Dubai, but I feel really uh, you're doing a, a great job with this. But maybe you can explain us on the, on the left-hand side, the results of ARC when it comes to your uh, so on the on the on the left hand side you see the, you see our different wheel sizes the wheel heights we have in in uh, in really in blood blood red we have the 50 mils and we have the 62 between that and the 80 millimeters um, um, rim height and the and the and the bottom and so when we when we talk when we see the zero on the on the um, axis going up in the uh, y-axis this is actually the headwind you're facing so when when the headwind is straight coming into your face onto your wheel this is zero degree of your angle so yeah. this is where the hint the wind hits you hits you so we see um 
all wheels are pretty the same, staying staying in the same. But when it comes to the side wind, 15 yes. plus 15 or minus 50, minus 20 of your, then you see the curve going down. Why you, why you would say, how can the arrow drag can be reduced? So on the left hand side, you see how many watts you you are you have to put into uh, to um, to overcome the air the the, um, the drag. So from 15 watts, we go down to minus five watts on the or even, even minus seven watts on the on the right hand side. This is this happening, and this is called the sailing effect. Yes. The sailing effect is when the air sucks to the to the wheel and stays on the wheel and really gives you a thrust a propulsion. Or can okay. you name can you name me any part of the of the bike of the rider, including the rider, that gives you thrust yeah. without without being doped? I mean, yes. there's no, no, nothing. It's method. only the only only uh, the only component on the bike is the the wheel that can produce propulsion. And you mm -hmm. see this with the 80 mils, you have the biggest propulsion, but still you have also when you look on the right hand side, you have the strongest um, the strongest uh, steering moment. But yeah. we were able with the new RSC wheels to reduce the um, the steering moment by far. So we came down with a new 80 millimeter rim height down to a steering moment of a 62 old rim height. So which, okay. it, which is massively, it's a massive, massive reduction of steering moment. So the handling really gets better. And when you feel it and when you ride it and you have ridden it, obviously, you will see it's much better to ride and much more stable. Mm -hmm. Very you wished you wished you had these wheels when you were in Hawaii a couple of years back. So, uh, how much faster yes. do you think people are going today with the equipment you had in your time compared to if you had a, a proper DT uh, Swiss wheel set? How many minutes do you think somebody could save if somebody says, "Listen, I'm going, I'm doing a, an Ironman event, and I have my aluminium wheels," and you said, "No, listen, go for a, a set of uh, 80 millimeter DT Swiss wheels when it's a, a flat course." How much money and how much how much money we're talking and how much um, how much time is saving possible for for somebody riding from a basic aluminium rim uh, changing to a nice DT Swiss carbon wheel set? What do you think? How many minutes it's, in a hundred eighty kilometer? It it always depends on the wind. I mean, the mm -hmm. the more wind you have, the more more you you profit from the aerodynamics. When we're talking about Hawaii Ironman, then you have more crosswinds than on other courses, maybe. So this is where where sailing effects can start and can be can be much much stronger. So. Yeah. Um, it's difficult to name it, but when we're talking like for a pro like Anne, we went with her in 2019, just before her Hawaii Ironman win into the wind tunnel. We checked her aerodynamics. We looked, we, we looked at the, she had the best uh, best components on it. She we gained about 15 watts of, of advantage on an on an overall system, which means about for her five minutes. So when we talk about the wheels, we probably can easily get five to 10 minutes only with wheels compared to a, to a shallow aluminum rim. And it's a really good point. You know, I was talking with Matthias um, um, from the DT and a couple of days ago when we were in preparation of this meeting, I said, he said, well, let's do a challenge. How could you be what, what could be the, 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 the margin gain or the, the time gain from your time to nowadays? Yes. So this is now the challenge we are talking about. And I think this is, this is one thing we, we really want to, to pick up and see what is possible. What was the old time? What is now? I mean, this is probably really extreme when talking about the, 
Centurion Overdrive of Thomas yeah. Hellriegel in 1997, I think, when he won Hawaii. But this is, I think, this is this would be a great challenge to see what yeah. what were the abilities. But having it known, probably a couple of minutes. I mean, this is. Um, I'm, I was always asking myself, what did I do at that time? I looked awful on the bike. You know, people now sitting on the bike really, really smoothly. They have biomechanically um, backgrounds. So, so much nicer to put the, 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 the pedal to the metal and to stay in yeah. the aerodynamic posi position. Yeah. It's, uh, it's incredible. And, you know, yeah. as soon as you leave the aero position, go up, you easily make up 50, 60, 70 watt, which slow you down and you yeah. have to overcome. Yeah. This, is, uh, this is fantastic to see. And this yeah. happened actually to me also Hawaii. Yes. You have to have a lot of respect to the riders who didn't really understand. If we go like 20 years back and, and there was no real understanding of aerodynamic, it was more of a guesswork and some people were faster, some were not. But what we see today, obviously, with all the testing and, and even for us as a normal rider in, in Dubai, we, we understand now so much more when it comes to aerodynamic and setup. We have a few nice pictures as well. You, you provided us uh, to, to make more sense of aerodynamic. And we'll maybe if you start the, uh, the aerotrack um pictures we have thank you so that's that maybe you can you can talk to us a bit about these pictures um Ralph. So this, this is actually um the the, um, the direction of the rider we are coming from the left and uh, going to the right and you see the the wind coming from the front this is um where we talk about translational drag obviously it's a surface we the the wind is facing so it's not only the wheel but it's also the, the components and the rider. We're talking about 75% other is the riders, 25% is bike components and everything um, around, which makes the translational drag. So it's quite significant in 25% where you can, can do some trimming, even on the, on the wheel, on the bike, on the components. And on the wheel, we say about 8%, 8% of, the, of, the, of these 8% points of this. Okay. So, so here, so here um, we, we have uh, a graphic showing um, the idea of the um, selling effect I pointed out for before when we looked at the graphics. And this is where, what's happening when the, when the wind is coming from the side. Um, we have side crosswinds and the propulsion is going into the, into the riding direction and really gives you a push forward. So in the, um, in the ARC 1100 die cut 80 mils, uh, we have minus eight watts so we have eight watt of of uh, of, of gain really pushes yes. you forward it's like it's not like like the whole bike would would now start to roll alone like yeah. uh like a perpetual mobile mobile yeah. but it's it's really helping you to to push to to go faster and people feel this honestly yes. no absolutely i i can i can really say this and we have so many customers who ride your wheels and and they're really uh, immediately come back and a couple of days later they've been on the desert track in alcudra and really say, listen, I, I'm a big smile and we're super happy and it really performs. They love the sound, they love the extra speed and it's so much easier for them to keep up with the groups and, and, and just put their new best time on these on these wheels. So never good. Maybe we see the next picture, Will. Okay, that's that's as well interesting. I think it was interesting to see the speeds the wheel are traveling. That obviously the top part of the wheel is going twice the speed of the of the rider. What you see on your speedo, mm -hmm. obviously the front wheel is traveling at a, at a very very high speed uh, towards the wind, and I think that's quite interesting. Yeah, that's uh, on the one 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 side. It's the translational drag, so it's the surface we are offering um, of um, of tire tire dimension 
and our rim going into the wind. But the red arrow you see um, in the in the different in the opposite direction is yeah. also showing the rotational drag by the spokes. Mm -hmm. So okay. one once you so you always have like like the drag coming from the spoke, and this is why why we say we don't look just on the translational drag on the surface of the of the of the whole system but we also look on the on the on the spokes this is why we made them thinner we made them wider to give less drag mm -hmm. into the for the rider yes yeah very cool very cool yeah and we see Newman, I've, I've now many years in the bike industry like uh, now 34 years in the bike industry and i've seen at the beginning it was always a lot of stories about uh, broken spokes and everything and I can tell you this is this is a story of the past having your wheels in the shop uh, it's, it's only in an accident really when spokes are breaking but before that um, it was always a bit of an issue where had a basic basic quality spoke so that the stability of the rim wasn't really there but now uh, that's not an issue anymore so that's an interesting picture I feel as well where you can see the side wind and what happens uh, exactly can... yeah we, we, we see we see the low the low pressure with the blue um, yes. and this is where we're on the um, on the front on the leading leading rim, you see the the sailing effect. Yes. On the left hand side, you see the blue. The blue wind is attached to the rim, and this is where the thrust, the propulsion, is um, is created on yes. the on the wheel. This is really really interesting to see these kind of of Im images, which uh, which are mostly provided by Swissite, by our expert. So he's doing the CFD simulations in the, before we go to the wind tunnel. He's he's, uh, he's obviously pre preparing these this kind of uh, of graphics for us. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. Fantastic. And as yeah. he, as you also mentioned about the uh, the spokes, um, we, you talked about the um, the hand production in the, um, the in the Polish factory. So we yes. have about 50, 50 working places play, uh, stations where where wheels are produced. Um, we produce a lot of wheels, and every wheel. Even though if it's a Montchassel wheel or just an entry level wheel, yes. it's all by hand produced, and this mm -hmm. is what what it makes so good. It's yes. it's the art of hand building a wheel, and this is yes. uh, this what what makes it so reliable. And when people talk about hidden nipples or outside nipples for exchanging and J band spokes for easier exchange, we can say, hey, listen, our wheels are hand built, and yes. normally, as you said, if you don't have a, an accident. You don't have to retrew the wheels because they are—they're really a lot of times de-stressed. They're hand-built, and the quality of the spokes is just holds. Yes, no, absolutely. You're right, and then you, you maybe you think you need a nipple to be outside, but you really don't need it because you don't need to true the wheel. It's just—it's built once and it's built to perfection, and then there's no no more uh, no more talking around. Very good. And we're talking also about aerodynamics. I mean, the nipple is a small part, but we yes. measured it up to 0 0.5 watts. Okay. So. Looking at the rotational drag, looking at the nipple drag, 1.6 yes. watts already. I mean, there's yeah. two small parts. You don't want to leave it out on the road just for, for no, no reason. Yeah, you'd rather hide them. No, that's true. Exactly. Um, another big thing is obviously with disc brakes now, we see uh, that rims got wider and obviously tires got wider. And when, when I'm, I'm sure when you were in Hawaii, you had 18 millimeter or 20 millimeter uh, tires. I'm not that old. Okay, I started with 18 millimeters. I think the okay. Conti competition or something, um, which was really a slick tire I rode at that time. Um, but on Hawaii, yeah, we were talking probably about 20 to, to maximum 23 millimeters, and the the rims were not that wide as as they are today. Yeah. And it's also again a, a theme of liberation from coming from rim brake calipers 
cantilever calipers now to disc brake technologies yes. where you have more freedom and creating more voluminous tires. And when we see uh, where, where mountain biking is, for example, I mean, they ride 2.3 inch wide tires and even more wide tires. And this, nobody could imagine having such such big tires. And the same is happening actually in, in, uh, in, in road cycling as well. We get wider yeah. tires because we see, aha, we, we can compress the tire more easier. We have lower rolling resistance, but now we have to look on, uh, on compromising aerodynamics. So when we are talking again about translational drag, we have to see the frontal surface. If we make a, a tire really wide, we get, we get surely um, more, more translational drag. But on, mm. the, on the same time, the rolling resistance might, might be reduced. So there's, we, we must look at the compromise. And this is why for the new wheels with the 20 millimeter inner width on the ARC 1100 die cut wheels, we um, propose a 25 millimeter in the front for perfect aerodynamics. This is measured in the wind tunnel and we propose 28 millimeters for more comfort, uh, less rolling resistance in the back because you also have more weight on the weight on, on the back. We have a nice picture, I think, which explains as well how the tire connects to the road. Maybe, Will, if you bring this up, the last picture we have um, of the tire size, picture number five, the tires tubeless. That's a nice picture to see. Then obviously we go with a wider tire that instead of being long and narrow, you get a more, more oval shape uh, picture. Yeah. I think it's a single, okay, that's very interesting as well. A lot of people are obviously afraid when the wind comes from the side that the, the handlebar would shake and the steering moment would be would be affected. But as you mentioned, you, you obviously adjusted this and worked a lot that the stability is much, much higher now. Uh, so don't people shouldn't be afraid uh, to use a um, 60 to 80 millimeter front wheel. That's not an issue. No, it's, a, it's our, our AeroPlus concept we are following here. So on the one, one hand, we want to stay aerodynamic as possible, as good as possible, but also um, increase handling. Yes. Nevertheless, if it's, if it's just an endurance rider doing a Grand Fondo, doing a ride in the, in the weekend, doing the ride during the week, or the uh, ambitious cyclist, ambitious triathlete, for, ex for example. And so mm -hmm. this is um, when, you, when you look at a triathlete leaning on the handlebar, you have quite narrow uh, your arms together. So yes. when a crosswind comes and a gusty crosswind comes onto the wheel, then you have quite a, quite a, a few forces put on yes. the handlebar, which can produce a, a shifting on the road. So it's mm -hmm. like passing, passing a, a truck, for example, which passes you. And this is uh, where, where we look at the steering moment. And, and the idea is to have um, the rim constructed that the, the force of the, of the wind is more evenly distributed over the rim to reduce the, 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 um, the force mm -hmm. on the steering axis. And the, the, the more, the closer I get to the steering axis, which is the center of pressure, the less impact I have on the steering moment and the less counterforce I need to apply to stay on, on my aero position. And as, as I said, if you leave the aero position, you open 60, 70, 80 watts, you lose time, bam. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's very interesting. Yeah. How much you work, you mentioned um, suicide before, how close is the, the cooperation with suicide when it comes to all these to this area, he's obviously a big, a big brain behind all Formula One technology and so on. So, uh, what, what is the next big thing we're missing at the moment? Obviously, we went from 20 millimeter tires, 23, 25, 28. What's the next big thing you see coming uh, from from the wheel or tire side and everything like this? What, what's what's the next big surprise we can expect? I mean, uh, 
with the uh, new ARC wheels, we really uh, put a big surprise already on the market. I think they are well re well received. Um, we left the uh, image of being ARC wheels just in the triathlon. So a lot of road cycling love the wheels. So this is why I think there's we have been doing a lot of work in the recent three, four years to come to this moment and to show this. We obviously have the possibility to, to ride uh, wider tires. And I think there, there is maybe a possibility of wider tires, but it's always depending where I ride. Do I ride long distance? Do I don't do I look for aerodynamics as a yeah. triathlete? Then I have to be to be have, have a find a compromise on the on the tire size. But if I'm more for out for comfort, long distance traveling, then I don't look for for the um, ultimate aerodynamics. And more sometimes more for for comfort. And then mm -hmm. I, I go wider with the tires. But currently, when we see um, in endurance riding, we see 30, 33, uh, 32 millimeters. This is probably the, um, the dimension we, we see currently. I and here, this is yeah. our proposal where, where we had, where we were talking about this, our um, former former wheel, which is 70 millimeters in the, on the left side, the ARC from the 2017, 2018, mm -hmm. where we had the 23 uh, millimeter tire on, which uh, had a really long, patch on the surface and this mm -hmm. is uh it has much higher a uh, rolling resistance than you see on the right hand side with 25 to 28 millimeters where the patch is smaller you have a um, deformation of the of the tire and this is where where the rolling resistance is reduced so mm -hmm. when i also leave out the inner tubes then i have even better rolling uh, lower rolling res resistance mm -hmm. than before when i used inner tubes mm -hmm. okay. which is which is still common in, in, the, in the road cycling. But yes. meanwhile, we, we see more and more um, tubeless, tubeless technologies come and our wheels have been all um, compatible uh, tubeless ready since 2016, okay, including okay. the component rims, yes. So you see a big, a big push towards tubeless, obviously because the tube can't burst. You have a, you have a tire system um, which is sealed obviously inside and, and you have the, the milk maybe inside to, to make this uh, work in a better way. So you're, you're pro tubeless setups for, for your mountain bike and for your road wheels. I mean, again, it's like this break for, for, for bicycling industry. Again, mountain bikers were ahead of the time. Well, they're yeah. using their, for them it's standard to use tubeless technology. Somehow, um, riders are afraid of uh, putting on the tires. They say, oh, it's difficult to put on the tires. But we see a lot from tire industry showing that there are really good tire levers to put on the, on the, yes. on the new tubeless tires uh, without harming the, the rim. And this is something sometimes where, where people think, oh, shall I do this or shall I do it not? If I'm out there riding uh, out in the desert for your place, for example, mm -hmm. or here in the, up in the mountains, and then you have a really, uh, really big, a big pan, then then you have uh, to to change it. Then you maybe have to put in a tube, and then you have to be, you have to rely on the material. You have to rely on the lever to take out this. But I think this is a, only a question of time when we have this. And I think also the um, the broader tires make it easier to to ride, ride tubeless because mm -hmm. they're less stiff. Very good. So if a customer comes now to the shop and says, "Okay, listen, I'm I'm in the market. I have my racing bike. I have some more basic." Uh, maybe the first OEM uh, wheels on my bike. So now I want to upgrade my wheel. So what, where do you think is the best thing to, to start? Where, where would you say as a professional, what questions do we need to ask them and what people need to think about when they're going to purchase their next wheel set? How, how should they go about that? I mean, I wouldn't tell them to, uh, to purchase a disc brake bike if he has a still on rim brake. That's okay. my first thing I, I should look on. <laughs> and. <Never>. Uh... <laughs> So this is the first limitation. Look what 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 kind of the, the braking technology I have. What what rim do I ride right now? 
I, I am I satisfied? Where I where do I want to go? Want to go more hilly? Want to go more flat? Am I more want, do I want to be more arrow? Then I have to go on higher rims. So yeah. this is why this question that you have to ask him. Okay. And uh, and also about how safe is he when he when he's a really safe rider, maybe a little bit more weight, and he's really stable and he can ride really fast. And you can say, okay, you take a 62 millimeter millimeter front wheel, back wheel. It's a really good. Um, general wheel where you have super performance, super aerodynamic, good good handling, a good steering moment, but you you can go really fast with this. When you're not that safe in in, um, in conditions in riding, if you are more a starter, then I always would propose to take a lower lower rim height. A little bit of lower rim, okay. And as we said, aluminium has still a good market for climbing. You have the good braking surface, especially maybe if the weather is not so good and you have maybe rougher roads. Um, the, the wheels are as well tubeless, the aluminium wheels are all tubeless as well? Everything, yeah. All Everything. the wheels we have in the, in the in road cycling are um, tubeless, ready. Except one, two exceptions, sorry, for the track wheels and one for the cyclocross wheels where we still have two rims with the tubular. Okay, okay. And I think an interesting wheel, uh, you showed it me before, is the one which is for the riders 130 kilos. I think that's that's quite an interesting before. The other wheels are around 110 kilos system weight. Mm -hmm. and so 100, then... 110 is the new, new ARC, the disc brake mm -hmm. technology. Um, coming from the same same uh, same system weight, when we are walking walking always to uh, to the ERC wheels, for example, the endurance wheels, it's 120. And out of the ERC, out of the endurance wheels, we developed um, last year a um, series for the hybrid wheels, for for uh, actually made for um, bicycles with a motor assistant with okay. for e-road e bicycles. Mm -hmm. This is why we call it hybrid. Hybrid is our naming for for everything which is um, related to to electronic to motor drive and um, these wheels, wheels actually use the same rim as the ARC 62 I just presented to you so yes. the the only thing what we did more well, a couple of things we did was we have more spokes okay implemented more spokes for for better better stability yes. because normally you put more force more more torque on the on the rotor and um, you have uh, different spokes you have hybrid spokes and you also use a different rotor, which is a steel rotor. So a stronger steel, steel rotor. You gain a little bit of weight, but actually yeah. the aerodynamics of the, of the wheel is really good. I'm talking yeah. about 130 kilos, it's easy. I mean, a man, a woman, one meter 90, 95 yeah. kilograms, you yeah. easily reach more than 110 kilos with everything on it. Yes. So system weight means the rider, as you go on the bike, you put yourself with the bike on a scale and then you hope that it's uh, not more than 130, uh, then you're good to go. Even the, even the, even the water, water bottles. Okay, everything, everything should yeah. be on there. Okay, the backpack or whatever. Backpack, yeah. So this is a, it's quite, quite common to, to reach this kind of, um, of yes. weight. So carbon is not only for light people anymore, we have carbon for, for everybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But would you say that carbon people bear a risk of having a broken wheel? Do, do you see that some people say, okay, carbon and maybe it breaks easily, but from what is your experience from aluminum to carbon wheels? Do you see any more issues with that? No, it's car yeah. carbon. Carbon is really, is really very stable, very, okay. very reliable. I mean, if, if you have a crash, then also aluminum breaks or right. bends. So this is, um, there's, there's not, not a big difference. 
then you okay. can really build very stable um, carbon carbon rims, carbon wheels, and they're all tested in our premises. So we have a, a performance test center where we test everything. We 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 meet the UCI test, but we mostly exceed it because it's our mm -hmm. our expectations to have it safe for the customers. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, as well, speaking safety and about warranty, if, if I buy a wheel from DD Swiss, obviously it's quite an investment. Uh, if I if I have the unfortunate process of, of having an accident, what's the what's the policy on, on these things? Is there a kind of a crash replacement or is there anything you offer like that? Um, since 2020, we have a fair share policy. So okay. when, when something is happening and you're the first owner of the wheel set, we, uh, we replace the rim or the, uh, we, we do the repair for the wheel of, uh, for, for a fixed base, for a fixed sum, which okay. is quite low compared to a whole set you, you should then uh, reinvest. Okay, that's good. Very good. But you all find this information on dtswiss.com. Oh, very good. Which is actually a super, super comprehensive site. And, and it's really, really interesting to look into all these products. Uh, it's quite, quite interesting. Very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Listen, I think you've been one of my most prepared uh, guests in the show, and and we talked a lot. <laughs> and I thought it was really, really interesting. And as well, all the thank you so much for all the samples you have shown us. And I think it's it's really we're we're really proud to be associated with DT Swiss. I think you guys do really, really good things. And I think it's interesting that you as well produce for a lot of other companies in the market. Bontrager, Specialized, a lot of things. Every time we, we open a wheel, we open these things. I think you you really keep the, the bike industry rolling uh, from, from Switzerland. So I think thanks in the name of all the riders using your fantastic products. And, and again, um, thanks for your time, Ralph. It was really interesting. And I'm looking forward. Hopefully soon we can travel again and we can come to Switzerland again to see. Very good. All in the same town, you're in, in, in Biel. And there's as well Rolex as well. There's obviously people love the, the Swiss product. Is this, uh, you're, you're close to the Rolex factory? It's like uh, 500 meters. Yes, ah, about, okay. Uh, so. so the really good stuff comes from, from, from that, that place. Def uh, definitely, yes. Very good, very yeah. good. That, that's interesting, yeah. Well, thank, thank you also for having us on, on the show. And uh, thanks for pre presenting, representing us so well in, the, in, the, in your region. Yes, and, thank you. Um, looking forward to seeing, hearing you again. Yes, very good. I hope to see you maybe um, at the Ironman. We hope next year we're going to have the Ironman again and we're going to have a presentation there. So we, we're going to see you there and people can obviously come to test wheels in the shop and, and we have the test sets there. And, and uh, if you want to go a little bit faster and we learn now, you can sail on the wind in Dubai. So then uh, DT Swiss wheels are, are your, your choice. Very good. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Ralph. Uh, thank you, everyone, and, and stay tuned. We have some interesting guests coming up from Lesign, from DT Swiss. We have some interesting people coming. Uh, so stay tuned, and uh, thanks for watching again. Yeah, thank you, Ralph. Regards to Switzerland. Bye. To the bye. Thank you.